Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover five of the most interesting data breaches from this last week and one of our favorite bourbons. I'm Steve. Michael. Keegan. Divya. Shoe. Yep. Great. Divya, what happened this week? Okay, so this week was pretty interesting. We had a lot of different activities, uh, especially pertaining to ransomware. So Iowa Farm Services New Cooperative uh, was hit with Black Matter ransomware and they're demanding a $5.9 million ransom. This is also um, in the same timeline where Crystal Valley was hit by another ransomware group. So what do you guys think about this? I think there's been a lot of services that have not hitherto been labeled critical infrastructure that we are now finding out are critical infrastructure. I would yeah. I would see this as going after soft infrastructure. Uh, you know, it's not the same as taking out the grid for a city, but it's how many different agricultural services, American agricultural services, can go down before the the pipeline is negatively affected the same way colonial pipeline is affected. Mm -hmm. I find this interesting in that ransomware gangs have said we're not going to attack critical infrastructure, but uh, I think it was um, uh, Black Matter that said specifically for new cooperative, yeah, they're, they're too small to be labeled critical, so they're fair game. The, it is surprising because they are small. I also wouldn't expect them to be a target because Maybe I'm naive, but I'm not thinking that computers play a big part in the Iowan farm pipeline. I guess logistics. Well, um, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. From from what I read, looking at at things, I I think it wasn't just what we think of as an endpoint, right? Uh, there, um, like a lot of their their other connected machinery was was impacted. Oh, did this do? Uh, it's an IoT problem. Was this yeah. uh, actual farming infrastructure? Like, what are the? Yeah, they were not able to provide like pork, grain, uh, chicken, and you know, like the Crystal Valley uh, one, you couldn't use any yeah. debit cards or credit cards. Like the automatic. Right. So the, the POS makes sense, mm -hmm. but if this actually hit infrastructure. So devices it, that, it, that would be very yeah it, se it seems like they're playing an interesting game of how badly could i hurt you before it's an act of war yeah mm. and and going after farming and and other soft infrastructure is, is part of that game i have a different question about this breach who is black matter because re-evil's back right so is Black Matter re-evil or is it some of re-evil? Is this also re-evil? A lot of partnerships go south. Is this fans break up. A, so, a, a fringe re-evil splinter group? Re-evil's ex-girlfriend. Is this the ISIS-K of, of re-evil? Like what, what is Black Matter? Like we need, we need to know uh, for ransomware Batman purposes. <laughs> Not that we know him or her. <laughs> what do you think, Miguel? I'm still a little puzzled about the, the amount that they are asking for. 5.9 million, did I get it right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, why not six? 
it, it, it was probably based on a certain number of Bitcoin, right? So it was, it was probably like at the time 50 Bitcoin or something like that. Oh, so at the time it might have amount to 5.9. That's why the weird number. Yeah. Okay. Miguel, there's yeah. a Miguel, there's there's an Excel spreadsheet that ransomware gangs use to figure out the formula for this stuff, number of employees, revenue, and stuff like that. It's all it's all an algorithm, Miguel. That would make sense, you know, in a real weird way, but that would make sense. <laughs> Because because consumers really like five point nine five rather than six. It sounds like a smaller amount. So. Of course, six would be a lot. Five point nine, it's manageable. Yeah, it's it's just pricing it. Yeah. it's like oh, we only had a five point nine million ransom. That's you know. Yeah, yeah. six like would be scary. Nine cent meal. Makes sense. Yeah, let's let's not lose fact of this. That is five point nine million. Yet Black Matter says they're small so the definition of small and in infrastructure is very fluid with these ransomware games oh, we saw a multi-million dollar ransom from a school district you know so it's the, the it's just weird just weird it's just de dependent on what they have access to how they're feeling at the time it's it's crazy yeah don't pay don't give too much credence to these promises that they won't attack critical infrastructure is basically the key that's, we that's all have to trying to avoid a political incident. I mean, let, let's let's call it what it is. There's a blanket pronouncement that came down from the Russian government that says, fuck with whoever you want, as long as you're not making a problem for us and it's not a Russian-backed business. And any act of war is creating some, you know, a problem that the government has to get involved in. And so that's why they want to fly under the radar. This is not a good Samaritanism. This is just trying to avoid problems for themselves. Exactly. I would say the flying under the radar ship sailed mm -hmm. a long time ago. I mean, if you are doing ransomware, really, we are not flying under the radar. That was before they hit bacon. Don't mess with bacon. Bacon. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> 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 okay, guys, so for story number two, it is um, pretty much in the same timeline of this attack that yeah. Iowa and Crystal Valley had to deal with. Um, the Biden administration targets ransomware payment enablers, and this happened on Tuesday at the financial marketplace. Thank God. It's about time that somebody stepped into this situation to solve it with regulation. <laughs> That sounds a lot like we don't deal with terrorists. I mean, that sounds like that kind of thinking, philosophy, doesn't make a lot of sense when it comes to trying to get back the information you might have been gathering for years and years. I mean, what's the alternative? Not paying if you can't, actually, because the government says that, yeah, you should not enable these guys. I mean, what's the government doing for what you? Are, what are they supposed to say? We are impotent to stop this problem and we don't yeah. have international influence to make it stop? What's the alternative? Yeah, I guess that would that wouldn't that would mean politicians coming clean. That's never gonna happen. So they're just flailing, you know. Yeah. I find it interesting that these uh, this message from the White House saying do not pay ransomware has come after colonial pipeline. And I would have loved to see what would have happened if Colonial Pipeline did not pay. 
Until WhiteHouse.gov gets locked out. Right. And the whole entire East Coast gets shut down for weeks because gas can't get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Well, this is more of a suggestion, right? Like, you shouldn't pay. This isn't actual regulation. U U.S. companies can right. still do pay rents no. on a daily basis. It's, a it's the first step towards a state of their official position, right. which is, feels very victim blamey. Mm -hmm. Statement of an official position of don't get ransomed. Or if you get ransomed, just roll over and die. Unless there's a, I, I believe, unless there's a law passed then they're not going to be able to stop anyone from paying well and i think the statement included a reminder that some payments to some people um could fall under the funding terrorism loss so they 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 included in there a reference to you might you might be in trouble if you pay um, if they could actually determine who these people were then we wouldn't have to pay, right? Exactly. So uh, good luck proving that this is an illicit payment if you can't even figure out who these people are that are holding your entire country for ransom. Well, that's exactly the point. The, the point is that the money is going down a tunnel into a black hole. And if you could shine a light, if you had the ability or clout and weren't impotent, you could shine a light at the other end of the tunnel and give them the finger instead of you know giving the farm <laughs> the finger, which is essentially what the government's doing here, because it's, it's difficult. They're in a difficult position where they can't come out and say, well, there's jack all that we can do about it. This is tough. Time for a bourbon break. So this week we have Wild Turkey Long Branch. So thanks to our sponsor, Wild Turkey Long Branch, uh, famous in the Austin area for being uh, Matthew McConaughey's bourbon of choice. Um, a little bit about Wild Turkey Long Branch. It is aged in oak and Texas mesquite charcoal refined barrels, and it's aged for eight years. So the uh, plastic's still on this one. We're going to do a live tasting, and then... Uh, You're saying the world was a lot different when that went into the barrel. The eight years ago, yeah. So we would be talking about 2013. I think our biggest worry was stagflation. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pour some shots of uh, Wild Turkey Long Branch. Uh, Debbie, why don't you tell us about it while I do that? Hey guys, so for Wild Turkey Long Branch, it says Kentucky Matthew McConaughey and Master Distiller Eddie Russell are proud to present this rare small batch bourbon. Eight-year-old wild turkey bourbon is refined with Texas mesquite and oak charcoals for deeper flavor and complexity. Okay. okay. The aroma is a balanced blend of vanilla and spice. It is one of Matthew McConaughey's recommended drinks. It is a refreshing riff on the Texas classic. It's two parts long branch, juice of half a lime, Topped with sparkling water. Thank you again to our sponsors, Wild Turkey Long Branch, Wild Turkey Long Branch. You can find them in stores for roughly $35 to $40. Let's do a tasting. So what are we getting on the nose? Vanilla, a lot of alcohol up front. Um, 
It's not like that on the finish though. All the alcohols up front, medium finish. Um, not a lot of smoke, a lot of sweetness. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting mildly sweet on the nose. I'm not getting too much alcohol. This is very mild compared to lots of others. And uh, maybe a little bit of oak or that could be mesquite. I, I don't know. Fun, fun for what? Wood. Fun for sipping. I think if you made uh, an old fashioned out of this, you'd have to go light on the sweetness because yeah. the, the bourbon itself would have a lot of the sweetness. It, it is sweet. You know, you definitely taste the alcohol up front, but it's. it's That's not a detractor. It's though. not a detractor. And yeah. it finishes pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but it has a nice aftertaste. I'm noticing that it's distinctly different from Wild Turkey 101. Wild Turkey 101 has much more rye spice in it. This has a very mellow uh, flavor and mouthfeel. It's actually got a thicker mouthfeel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's it feels like a uniform sweetness. It's not. It's almost like caramel or toffee. Yeah. You know the interesting thing is I. Um, speaking of like putting a citrus flavor on top, I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, obviously yeah. that's a natural pairing, like an old fashioned, but not adding any additional sweetness onto it. I think probably with some lime and uh, some sparkling water, that's how I would prefer to drink. I think this would make for a very good old fashioned. It's, uh, but it's going to end up being very syrupy. Yeah. 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 Mmm, yummy though. It's good. Yeah, it is tasty. Yeah, yeah. How much was it? Uh, I think on special, it's. 35 pre-tax, so it was maybe a hair under 40. Oh no, this is a buy for me. Yeah. I think yeah. this is a very sippable bourbon, and I'm surprised by the flavors that we're getting out of wild turkey. I thought we were, were going to get more, like, they were going to get a little bit more refined wild turkey 101, but it's a very different taste. I'd keep this on the shelf. I mean, yeah. you age it for a couple of years, I think that's what you get. Do you think that they started aging it in the skeet after they signed? No. Matthew McConaughey? Or they're like, what do we do with mesquite aged bourbon? I don't know. Oh, McConaughey. No, I'm, if I'm them, I put it in the barrels and then like my backup plan is like, I don't know, Danny DeVito or somebody that you could call. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not I'm, I'm saying Matthew McConaughey was their first plan, but I'm going to be interested. Danny DeVito. Oh, this bourbon's going to get real weird. <laughs> I would definitely buy that, wouldn't you? A DeVito bourbon? Yeah. No. No. I'd end up with like a butt tattoo. <laughs> That's good. Bit by a crab. <laughs> That's been the bourbon break. Okay, to story number three. Ransom. So this is kind of interesting because ransomware victims panicked while the FBI secretly held re-evil decryption key. And there were like about 1,500 companies that were ensnared in the July attacks. So what do you guys think about this one? I think it's what Mike just said. Um, <laughs> so he was talking about making an example of one of the groups and that's the FBI saying that they intended to, but screwing it up and really not getting anywhere while still leaving companies on the hook. The problem that I have is if, I mean, you either have to lead, follow, or get out of the way, 
right? You're, you're either going to uh, allow, you're going to protect US companies from ransomware actively, which is not happening. You're going to follow up after and decrypt everyone, which also is not happening, or you're going to get out of the way. There, there's no other fourth choice that is to be a Monday morning quarterback and be like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. You should have done something different. Like if, if the US wants to take an active role, then they should be doing hackback and they should be busting these groups. The US does not want to take an active role then they should stop having opinions about ransomware payments. Nor do they want to arm the people. They don't want to blanket open hackback. Right. Even, you know, even if, if the, the problem here in the States and we've, we've talked about, um, we've talked about foreign governments giving open blanket orders under certain circumstances to hack US businesses. The problem is even if you know who hacked you and you hack them back and attack them, the FBI would show up and come talk to you, not the group that, that ransomed you. Yeah, uh, this could be solved overnight if the U.S. allowed hackback because there's millions, there's millions of security professionals in the U.S. that would be more than willing and able to bust these groups up. But it's currently a crime for a security professional to hack the person that's currently hacking them. Yeah, I think the US government wants a monopoly on hackbacks. Um, I think the uh, our government agencies are doing everything that they can uh, against enemy targets and probably with a lot of success, success that we'll never hear about. But um, yeah, they they want to do this themselves. But Russia and China have been successful because they have crowdsourced it. They have, yeah, they have privateers doing this. Yep. Any other comments about this? Uh, it does seem a little bit like what Mike was saying before. It, it seems a little bit like victim blaming. I mean, because you can say somebody, okay, I mean, it would be reasonable, in my opinion, to say somebody, yeah, please do not aid these guys or do not cooperate with these guys, but what would be the alternative? I mean, if you are going to say somebody like that, what the government is saying, it seems to be, yeah, do not cooperate with these guys and face the consequences and just be done with it. I it doesn't seem like yeah, a fair it, trade. It, it's not like GoDaddy is hosting ReEvil's ransom site. It's not like these companies are aiding the group. These are victims that just want to get back to business paying the ransom. Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't seem fair. Okay, guys, let's move on to story number four. Um, story number four is about Afghanistan. And uh, it's kind of sad because- We're having a really light <laughs> bourbon breaches today, aren't we? Oh. No, but um, so what happened was that in Afghanistan, so the defense secretary in the UK is angered over a data breach what happened was more than 250 people seeking relocation to the UK. Most of uh, these people are in Afghanistan and they're in hiding. They were mistakenly copied into an email and somebody hit send all. So what do you guys think about this one? I don't think this is a data breach. I think someone 30 years later still does not know how to use email and correct. CC'd instead of BCC. Well, 
well, it, it's both because you just released the email addresses of highly sensitive Afghani translators. Mm -hmm. We know better. So it, even if you don't know how to use email, sending an email to a list that by definition should be secret or top secret is yeah. a bad idea. Like let's let's go through the minimal effort of sending out individual emails. And why are you even emailing translators anyway? Should, shouldn't we have a more secure means of communication? Yeah, use a script if you're gonna do this. And also if you're the recipient, use a burner email account. Don't use your main email account for this. If you're spying for the US government, you should have a separate email, not your Google email. We've all, we've all at some point in our careers seen someone in a corporate environment make this mistake with much less tragic consequences, right? But the idea that, that this is happening in you know, a defense and intelligence context is just, it's just ridiculous. Why was it even possible? Yeah. Like, can't you set up your email server so that like, hey, if there's like two people in the email list, we like we ban it, right? Like m make emails be encrypted and then make them only be to individual parties. Yeah, yeah. You could definitely force encryption. I think when it comes to sensitive data such as this, uh, people should be more aware of who's actually dealing with that information. I mean, it it seems like somebody told to the number three or four guy, yeah, just send these emails to these guys that they need this information. If somebody capable or more knowledgeable had been in charge of that, this wouldn't have happened. For story number five, we have a major far-right platform got hit by a data breach revealing the names and addresses of Proud Boys, QAnon, and Texas Right to Life backers. The website platform is epic and anonymous takes credit for this hack. So what do you guys have to say about this one? Uh, it sounds like a, like somebody was leaking information rather than being breached. Well, I, I, I will say this, if you're going to market yourself as the type of hosting platform that allows fringe sites in, you should spend a whole lot on security because you're going to have activist groups like Anonymous going after you specifically. We, we aren't surprised when activist groups go after ExxonMobil. And so, you know, if you're going to be an extreme whatever hosting site, like security should very much be your number one. Greenpeace is probably half. Me as I'm cutting this. <laughs> no, don't cut it. Here comes the minotaur again. <laughs> any last words, Miguel, which may be the only clean words that make it into the <laughs> section. I, I'm going to go with the... <laughs> with. This has been an episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you like what you saw today, thank you, Devia, for editing. <laughs> I know you're, you're probably a member of Orichan. <laughs> minotaur. <laughs> This is start This has been an episode of Urban and Data Breaches. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>